0: WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: Now, someone may say, well, I'm born again. I'm a true Christian, and I still don't see answers to my prayer. So what do you say to that? Here's what I say to that, principle number two. Principle number two, the promise that Jesus gave in verse eight about answered prayer is not only a promise for believers. That's where it starts. But it's a promise only for those believers who are praying according to the will of God. They're praying for those things that would be God's will. 1 John 5.14 says this, this is the confidence which we have before him. This is what we can be confident about. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the question obviously is this, how do we know what his will is?
2: That is a question that I suppose every Christ follower struggles with. Maybe you are wrestling with that right now, wanting to pray according to God's will, but unsure what that will is, maybe even unsure of how to find out what it is. We will be considering that question today on Verse by Verse as we press on in our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for listening. Pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff is guiding us in this detailed series of lessons from Matthew chapter 7. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving for more than 27 years. In the first few verses of chapter 7, Matthew recorded that Jesus cautioned us to examine our own lives before we try to help someone else deal with their sin issues. We need wisdom in identifying our own sins, and then we can ask God for wisdom in how to help others. In verse 7, where we started our last class, Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened." Now, here is Pastor Steve to continue the message that he began in our previous class.
1: Now, a valid question to ask at this point is, is this. When we do seek the Lord in prayer like this, how does he answer our prayers? How would we know when it's time and when it's right and how to, how to go about all this? See, so you're not going to hear voices in your mind. That's not the way the answer is going to come. And, You certainly shouldn't rely upon having a a feeling in your life. We walk by faith, not by feelings. Listen, here's the key. It is assumed, though not mentioned here, it is assumed that those who are seeking God in prayer will also be spending time in his word. Time in his word, seeking out biblical principles that apply to your situation. Those who pray need to be looking to his word because that's where the answers are. So while asking God for his wisdom, we need to be diligent in our study of scripture where all the treasures of wisdom reside. Here's how John MacArthur, in commenting on this passage of scripture, explains the process of looking to the Lord for answers and ministering to someone. He writes, God gives us many principles in his word, but he does not give us specific methods or rules for every conceivable situation. For one thing, situations keep changing and vary greatly from age to age and person to person. To give specific rules for every circumstance would require a giant library of volumes. But even more important than that, it is God's desire that we rely on him directly. He wants us to be in his word and without being in his word, we cannot pray wisely or rightly. But even beyond our being in his word, he wants us to be in fellowship with him as our father. Along with his perfect and infallible word, we need his spirit to interpret and illumine, to encourage and to strengthen. He does not want us to have all the answers in our hip pocket. That's really good. He doesn't want us to have all the answers in our hip pocket. The Bible is a limitless store of divine truth with a lifetime of the most faithful and diligent, which, which a lifetime of the most faithful and diligent study will not exhaust. But apart from God himself, we cannot even fathom or start to fathom its depth, or mine its riches. Now listen to this. In his word, God gives us enough truth for us to be responsible, but enough mystery for us to be dependent. That's good. He gives us his word, not only to direct our lives, but to draw our lives to him. What he's saying is the way to have wisdom as you're seeking the Lord in prayer is to also spend time in his word and gather the biblical principles and understanding from scripture that you need to to approach a person. So so we petition God and we are persevering in those petitions until the doors are open. And Jesus assures us in verse 8, they will be opened. You will get answers. Notice verse 8 again. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it'll be open. This is an incredible promise. This is a precious promise about answered prayer, but I'm afraid that this promise doesn't grip our hearts because some Christians read these, this verse and say, you know what? I know that, that the Bible is infallible. I know it's without any error. I know it's inspired, but I got to tell you, I don't think this is true. I don't think it's true. I've prayed for something long and hard and God didn't answer me. Folks, I I think this is the, the very reason why so many Christians don't pray like we should, because deep in our hearts, whether we verbally admit it or not, deep in our hearts, we really don't believe that prayer works. If we did, we'd be more diligent. We really don't believe that God is going to answer these prayers. And some would say, you know what? My experience confirms this. I prayed, God didn't answer. So I think it's important for us to stop at this point and analyze this promise that Jesus gave about answered prayer. No question, that's what he's saying. And we need to come up with some key biblical principles about the subject of God answering our prayers. I'd encourage you to write this down. I'm gonna give you four principles about answers to prayer and specifically answers to this, to this prayer, this type of prayer that the Lord is talking about. Principle number one about answered prayer is this. Jesus gave this promise of answered prayer only to those who are children of God. This is not a prayer for everybody. When he says, for example, in verse eight, for everyone who asks, receives, the the everyone doesn't refer to everyone in general, but rather to everyone who's a child of God. That's what he means. That's obviously what he means by the context. And those who are children of God, the only ones who are children of God are those who have, have repented of their sins and placed their trust in Christ as Lord and savior. That's how you become a child of God. And that's why the next few verses refer to a son petitioning his father. What father wouldn't give his son the best gifts. It's all about a father. And that's why in verse 11, we we read if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give what's best for you. And remember the sermon on the Mount was addressed only to Christ followers. Therefore, only to those who knew God as, as father. We may call them citizens of the kingdom, disciples, followers, children of God, pretty much all the same type of person, those who believe in Christ. And though Jesus does mention unbelievers in the sermon, he mentions the scribes and the Pharisees and false prophets and hypocrites. He never directly addresses them because it's not given to them. They were there, they heard this, but he only talks about them. He directly addresses the sermon to children of God. So this is elementary, but it's very important. Christ's promise of answered prayer is only a promise for those who are born again believers. Now, someone may say, well, I'm born again. I'm a true Christian, and I still don't see answers to my prayer. So what do you say to that? Here's what I say to that. Principle number two. Principle number two, the promise that Jesus gave in verse eight about answered prayer is not only a promise for believers. That's where it starts. But it's a promise only for those believers who are praying according to the will of God. They're praying for those things that would be God's will. 1 John 5.14 says this, this is the confidence which we have before him. This is what we can be confident about. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the question obviously is this, how do we know what his will is? Well, the only way we can know for certain if something is God's will is if God's word says it's God's will. So the question is this, and we don't always know it for everything, but for this, we do know. Does scripture state that it's God's will that we minister properly to help our fellow Christians deal with sin in their lives? Do we know from the Bible that that's God's will? Absolutely, we know that. Of course, we know that. Folks, that's the whole point of Matthew 7, verse 5 you hypocrite, Jesus commands us, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We are absolutely to be our brother's keeper. We are absolutely, we know from scripture, we are absolutely commanded to confront one another about sin. Matthew 18, if you see your brother in sin, go to him. That's a clear command of scripture. There are other biblical statements that that affirm the the same truth, that this is God's will. For example, Galatians 6 1 Brethren, even if anyone is caught is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. In other words, if you see a fellow Christian who's involved in sin, you who are spiritual, meaning the same thought you who have taken the, the and dealt with your own sin in your life, go and speak and, and to that person and restore them it's certainly god 's will ephesians four therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor. for we are members of one another. Speaking the truth means I speak the truth about his sin, I speak the truth about her sin, not to speak it in love, but I speak the truth proverbs twenty seven six faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. it hurts. You wound somebody when you tell them about their sin. Nobody nobody loves to hear that. It's painful. But if you're a friend and if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. Otherwise, you just say, everything's fine. I don't care how you live. See, there is no question that it's God's will that you and I should be ministering to other believers in love, telling them the truth with godly compassion, sensitivity, tenderness, all that goes into that, and, and, and just love. So when you pray for his wisdom and help in doing this, you can have confidence. You can and must and should have confidence that God's going to answer those prayers because it is his will. But I suspect that most of the time when we pray about someone else's sin problem, we only pray for that person to change. We're not not thinking of anything beyond the prayer like, Lord, just show them how, how evil they are. Show them how rotten they are. And how bad they treat me and make life so miserable for me. Just Would you just show them that? But if you only do that, then you've missed the mark. That's not God's will that, that they just know. And you just approach them by bluntly telling them how horrible they are. You only do that. You're asking the Lord to do something that his word doesn't say he'll do. You, you are not asking for a loving heart. You're not asking for compassion. You're, you're not asking for the Lord to give you patience and a listening ears. You minister to those in sin. And if you don't do that, then you're not praying according to God's will. You're praying according to your own agenda. I just want this person changed. I just want make them to make my life a little bit better. That's not what God says is his will. God says his will is that this person who you approach, you'd have love in your heart. You would have Christ-like attitudes and concern and sensitivity and tenderness. In approaching that person, not, not out of frustration and annoyance, not coming up to them. Have anybody ever, has anybody ever told you how horrible you are? That's not what God is saying to do. That's not what Jesus would do. And so when we pray, we are not only to ask the Lord to change the person we're going to speak to. Folks, we're to ask the Lord to change us. To change us so that we'll speak to them with the right heart attitude.
2: That sounds a lot like people who go to marriage counselors, hoping the therapist will be able to get their mate straightened out. How often we have been guilty of trying to get God to do the same. Let's pause a moment to greet those of you who just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We are well into a detailed study of the Sermon on the Mount as recorded by Matthew. At the moment, we are finding in these verses from chapter 7 some helpful principles concerning answered prayers. First, we learned that Jesus did not promise to answer everyone's prayers, only those of His children. Second, we just saw that it is not a promise for every prayer of every believer, only to those who pray according to God's will. Let's return to class now for the third and fourth principles of answered prayer.
1: Principle number three about answered prayer is this. God's promise to answer our prayers are not only for believers. That's where it begins. And it's not only for believers who are praying according to the will of God, but also, and note this, it's only for believers who are walking in fellowship and obedience to God. Notice once again, Matthew 7, 5. I keep coming back to this because I believe this is the the launching pad for the entire passage. Verse 5, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. Do you see that? Then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Implied in that statement is this person is now spiritually fit to minister to another sinner because he's seen his own sin. This big telephone pole that was there, that was screaming, I am a self-righteous fool is taken out. It's confessed. It's repented of now. This person has dealt with his own sin. Now he can deal with someone else. I'm not talking about being perfect. None of us are perfect and, and we all sin, but it does mean that you recognize your sin. And though you may be struggling with it, you are repenting and you are confessing and you are making no provision for the flesh. You're not saying, well, I just have this problem and I got to live with it and I'm not doing anything about it. You are doing something about it. You're dealing with sin in your, in your life. Now, in order for God to answer our prayers, we need to be in obedience to him. We need to be in fellowship with him. This is consistent with what the rest of Scripture commands us to do for answered prayer. For example, Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard, David said, iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, to regard iniquity in our hearts doesn't mean that, that there's just sin in our hearts. We, we all have that. We're, we're fallen creatures. But to regard iniquity means I recognize that what I'm doing is wrong and I'm not changing. I'm not ready to repent. I'm not giving this up. Not now. Well, if that's your attitude, number one, you have to question if you're really a believer. Number two, if you are a believer with that attitude, you might as well not even pray because David said, the Lord will not hear me. You're out of fellowship with God. God's not going to answer your prayer. And let me show you, just so you see, this is not isolated, not taking a text out of context. Let me show you 1 Peter chapter 3. This is a little known verse that everyone should know, especially every husband should know. It tucked away in 1 Peter 3:7 is this statement that has to do with obedience and answers to prayer to our prayers. Verse 7 directly says, Peter says, You husbands. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way or manner. You know what he means by this? Husbands, live with your wives with sensitivity. You're in wifery 101. It's the rest of your life. Be a student of her. Understand how she ticks. Don't be insensitive to her. Don't just live under the same roof. Make it your goal to understand her. Know all about her. What are her strengths? What are her weaknesses? What makes her happy? What doesn't make her happy? How do you irritate her? All all of these things. Did I hear chuckles? I don't know if I heard that. Your husbands, in the same way, live with your wives, notice this, in an understanding way, as with someone weaker. He means physically weaker. Treat her as a precious vessel. Don't lord it over her. Don't be bossy. Don't be like uh, the king and the king and I who just went like that, women. And they all came running. That's not what he's saying, just the opposite. Don't, don't remind her every day that you're the head of the home and she's to be in submission to you. So he says, dwell with your wives in an understanding, compassionate, sensitive way as someone who's, who's weaker than you. Don't threaten her with your physical strength. He says, since she is a woman and show her honor. That means respect. Listen to her. Does she have good ideas? Does she make sense? Don't say, I'm the boss. That's it. I don't want to hear you. Listen, I'm saying this because I know there are many husbands who who do just what Peter's telling us not to do. With reverence, he says, with respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life. You and she are in this together. You're no special citizen in the kingdom and she's beneath you. But notice this. Peter says, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So your prayers won't be hindered. That is to say, if you don't obey this husband, your prayers will not be answered because this is a sin to not treat our wives as Christ treats the church with love and compassion and tenderness and sensitivity and being a servant. If you don't do that. Then you might as well not pray. See, it's the same. It's the same thing. The same thing we're talking about. God answers the prayers of believers who are praying according to his will and believers who are in fellowship with him. If, if there is some sin in your life as you examine your life and say, Lord, what, what is there? Are you, you probably are very aware of it? If there's some sin you're holding on to and refusing to deal with, then God's not going to answer your prayers. And so this promise that Jesus gave is not a promise that pertains to you. Don't blame him for your own sin. Don't say, well, he didn't keep his word. No, you didn't obey and do what, what this verse is contingent upon. It is conditional, taking the, the log out of your own eye. Now, there's a fourth principle that I think is very important. Principle number four about answered prayer. The specific words, notice, that Jesus used in verses in verse 7 and then verse 8 to describe praying, asking, seeking and knocking all indicate that God answers the the prayers of those who persevere in seeking him. That's very important that we be persistent and not give up. See, this is a promise for believers. Yes. For believers who are praying according to God's will. Yes. For believers who are in fellowship with Christ. Yes. But this is only a promise for those who are like that, who continue to pray and refuse to stop Praying for wisdom and, and discernment and courage and loving sensitivity in approaching someone about their sin. In other words, those who pray with persistency and steadfastness will receive from God answers to their prayers. Those who don't will not. And I suspect that most of us give up too quickly in praying for those issues that we, we know are God's will because his word tells us. And, and we pray for a little while and then we give up. Why do we give up? Well, probably because we're just very impatient. We're impatient Americans who are used to instant gratification, getting whatever we want, and it doesn't work that way. And we need patience. But there's more than patience that's needed to persevere in in our prayers. We also need to believe God and have faith and confidence in the Lord to answer our prayers in his perfect timing. See, faith is the reason, and note this, that God so often doesn't answer our prayers right away. He could, but he doesn't. Not often. Why? Why? because he wants to deepen our faith. He wants to cultivate our faith. And he does this by putting us in the place where we are forced to keep leaning upon him. You, you come to the end of your own resources and you say, Lord, this is, I know this is the only way that this will ever happen. I need your wisdom. I need your prayers. I need your help. I need your, your compassion. I need your love. I can't do this without you. There's a deepening of faith. And Lord, I, I believe, this is consistent with your word, and I'll, I'll not let you go. It's kind of like Jacob, who grabbed hold of God in the Old Testament and would not let him go until there was a blessing.
2: With that, we need to begin wrapping things up for today. It has been a treat to have you with us for another Verse by Verse. Let's go over those four important principles we need to understand if we want our prayers answered. God only answers the prayers of His children and He does so only when they ask according to His will, when they are walking in obedience, and when they pray with faith and persistence. Verse by Verse is a daily radio Bible class taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside for more than 27 years, and these radio adaptations of his messages are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners who we hope are first faithful to their own churches. You can find us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. Stop by if you would like to listen again to today's class or pick up on previous classes on the archives page. Another audio option is our free podcasting service. Once more, the address is versebyverseradio.org. Today's lesson was the middle of a three-part message. If you would like to have the entire message on audio, CD, or cassette, you can order a copy of your own by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number. We will call you back during regular office hours. Our number again is 727-441-1714. We invite you to tune in for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve will be wrapping up this message, which concludes with a much-talked-about verse, what we usually call the Golden Rule. It is just amazing how much territory that simple statement covers when we begin to apply it to our relationships with other people and with our Lord and Savior. Many people consider the Bible to be just a list of do's and don'ts. There are plenty of both within its pages. I hope you can be with us for the next class to see how the golden rule, if we really follow it, satisfies every commandment of God. I'm Peter Silseth. I hope to see you then.